I just remember being a kid and kind of seeing people being treated differently for certain reasons. That just is something that's always gotten under my skin. My name is Will Small. I use poetry to capture snapshots of what it means to be human. There's no better inspiration for this than real-life humans in their natural habitat. So I've been having conversations with all kinds of beautiful, passionate, interesting humans who all call the Central Coast home. From uni students to business owners, artists to activists, young and old. In each of these conversations, a poem is hiding. I'm going to find it and write it. And I'm inviting you to come along for the ride and hear the conversations that spark my creative process. Stick around till the end and you'll get to hear the poem. This podcast has been proudly supported by the Central Coast Council. Join me as I dive into the untold stories of coastal citizens and seek to capture them in an original piece of spoken word poetry. Olivia Wolf. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for letting me have a conversation with you. Yeah. You are somebody I'm inspired by. You're you're a uni student. You're a writer. (laughs) I think you have an important voice. I met you through the Street Poets, which was a a project that we did last year where we got 10 emerging spoken word artists together and we created an album and a stage show and a book. Yes. Which was awesome. So Crazy. That's where I met you. And um, after that project finished, I wanted to stay in touch with you because I just think as a poet and as a writer – And as a a woman who has an important voice and perspective to offer, I want to follow your journey. So, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) I don't know if I've ever asked you this question, but how did you end up here on the Central Coast? Have you lived here all your life? And um, what what was your kind of story of growing up in a nutshell? Yeah, so... um I was born in Gosford, <laughs> um, classic, and I guess I wasn't. I haven't been on the coast all my life, so I was born here. And then, when I was young, like still a baby, um, my dad had like an IT job that kind of like moved our family around. And so, um, when I was baby, I moved to Israel for a year, which was. Well, I assume it was pretty cool because I didn't really Gosford know. to Israel. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty standard journey. Yeah, exactly. Just up and up and up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I lived there. I don't remember any of it, but um, I kind of wish that I did because that would be amazing. But then from there I came back um, and grew up here, like went to Woodport Primary School and then um, in year one that we actually moved to America and I lived there for two years. I do remember that, um, which I think like kind of moving around has shaped me a little bit. And then after the two years, we came back and yeah, now I've been on the coast ever since. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So interesting that you were born on the central coast and you kind of have this sort of base throughout your life here, but mm. you've lived in Israel and the States. Yeah. Um, what are some of your like earliest memories of the central coast and and, you know, like I guess through a child's eyes, how did yeah. you think of this place? Yeah. I think, um, I mean, the Central Coast is a beautiful place. Um, I think though travelling a lot of the time kind of made it 
not a secondary place, but everywhere else kind of seemed really interesting. And <laughs> maybe the Central Coast when I was a kid was like less interesting. Um, but my earliest moments a lot have to do with like family, since a lot of my family's here. Um, like the hot summers by the pool or by my nan and pop's house, by the lake. They're probably like the standout early memories. Um, but yeah, just growing up on the coast, it's a really interesting place to grow up. Mm. Um, but yeah, almost kind of had like always wanted to be somewhere else, that classic thing of like you want to travel. And since I'd seen a little bit of the world, I was like, I oh, still am a little bit keen to see the rest of the world. But I think I've grown in appreciation for the coast yeah. as I've grown. So it's kind of developed a bit. Sure. A lot of people I talk to, it feels like a place that lots of people move to. Mm. Lots of people uh, move to live here that have grown up in Sydney and are looking yeah. somewhere cheaper to live or, um, you know, people that retire and move to the Central Coast or mm. um, yeah, lots of reasons I moved here uh, as a 22-year-old as a or 23-year-old. Um, so it, it's interesting to meet someone who's <laughs> kind of been born here. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, there's lots of people like that. Yeah. But different perspective and probably you take for granted yes. what many people move here and find fresh mm. um, but how how do you see it differently now at this point in your life and how has it changed yeah do you know what are some of the things you've seen shift over time yeah um I, I I do think that like the coast has stayed a lot the same but yeah I think I've changed in my approach to the place where I live like um, you kind of actually get to explore it a bit more. You get to go out there and it, it is true. Like we live in such a beautiful place that um, especially like if you're at the beach at sunset or something like that or by the water, there's just something really beautiful and serene about the coast that I think that, yeah, that I've kind of had to have that mature perspective on like as a kid you don't necessarily respect that but I think slowly growing into an adult even just Australia generally like you see the beauty that was always there that maybe you didn't like acknowledge before yeah for sure yeah um you know for me I think about growing up in Canberra mm. where I grew up and I it was normal to me so as a kid, it wasn't like I loved it or hated mm, it. Yeah. Lots of people wanted to move away from Canberra and I, in fact, ended up doing that. <laughs> but actually by the yeah. time I moved away, I had a deep appreciation for Canberra, mm, yeah, ironically, yeah. and kind of moved thinking that we'd probably go back at some stage. Um, I now don't think we'll go back <laughs> at some stage. But oh, I Canberra. kind of had developed a bit of pride yeah. for particular places that as yeah. an adult, you know, you, you start to find your um, independence and you can choose the places yeah. the city that, that you go to and you can start to eat out at mm. cool cafes and things and yeah. you're not just living, you know, kind of as your parents' kid. Exactly. Um, for you now, like what are some of your favourite local spots on the coast that, you know, if you had a spare day mm. on the central coast, no uni assignments, nothing wow. to do, <laughs> um, cool. where would you want to spend your time? Yeah, I think um, – some of like the natural places I touched on, like the beach or the lake, they're just really serene and really relaxing. Um, but I also kind of love like the emerging art scene that we have here on the coast. Like um, obviously at the lounge room um, in Gosford or the Rhythm Hut. Um, I know you talked to Lou before. Um, 
the Wyong Art House, just all these really cool places that are kind of like pockets for art and stuff. That's my passion. So I think places like that are really cool that they can showcase kind of emerging art spaces. So I'd probably spend it somewhere there. But I mean, I love, yeah, we have a great like cafe coffee scene too. So I love spending like a day in Long Jetty and doing like some thrifting and going to some yeah. vintage stores, getting a coffee. Yeah. So good. Something like that. So good. So you kind of, um, you mentioned there that obviously something that's important to you is the arts. Yeah. And, and I mentioned at the beginning that you are a writer and a, and a poet. Um, and I want to move into talking a little bit more about you rather mm. than just this place, yeah. which is an important part of you. But the things that make you tick, the things that you're passionate about, the things that you're kind of dreaming for, for mm. your future. Um, so I guess I like to ask people, when you think about the things that get you out of bed in the morning, things that motivate you, and then the things that keep you up at night, like the things that frustrate you, the mm. things that you kind of can't get out of your head, yeah. um, what are those things? What are the things that drive Olivia mm. to write, yeah. to speak, to do what you do in the world? Cool. Um, yeah, I find that a really hard question because there's a lot of things that I feel quite passionate about. Um, I think social justice is one of those things. Um, I just remember being a kid and kind of seeing people being treated differently for certain reasons and that just is something that's always gotten under my skin. Um, so those types of things. Um, I'm passionate about kids as well. Um, I think that when I was a kid I really wanted like mentorship and I think it's cool that like I can be mentored, but then I can also mentor kids. Um, yeah. I like tutor kids in English at schools and stuff at the moment. But even like doing poetry workshops or something at kids' schools and just seeing kind of their passion as well, like the way that I think my passion was kind of lit. And it's a cool connection between those two things because I think, as you were saying, like um, – individuals have really cool voices that they can use to, you know, talk about issues that aren't okay. Like, I mean, with the election coming up, um, that's a great point that people can talk about and that kids these days are kind of talking more about and standing up for. And, and that's kind of, I think, what's passionate, what makes me passionate. Um, so it's like lots of, it's like a melting pot <laughs> of sure. passion of like just all these types of things and when this is yeah. released, that election will be uh, yes. quite quite a bit in the rearview mirror because mm. it's like three days away or something. Yes. Oh, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. It's yes. Tomorrow. This is pre-election day. So if you're listening in the future, <laughs> historical moment, we don't know right now. We do not know who wins the election. Mm -hmm. um, but you do. And uh, hopefully <laughs> they're doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. So talk to me a little bit about that connection between um, – you know, wanting to make a difference in mm. areas of social justice, wanting to mentor and encourage the development of others as mm. well, and how that fits with being an artist, a writer, because um, I've always thought, and I'm sort of in a similar boat, Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't seem like the most practical way yeah. <laughs> to address social justice, like writing yeah, poems yeah. about it. But yeah. how do those things fit together for you? For me, I think that... Um, I don't know, the most moving things can be things like poems or speeches or stories. I think 
the word story doesn't seem like it has that much power when you look through history about kind of the stories we tell ourselves the stories our minds create it's kind of built into who we are as people so I think there is this innate power to stories and to speaking that um maybe is not maybe we don't talk about it a lot but I I genuinely think there's a power to creating um and being able to put how you see the world into words or into art um yeah I guess it's it's almost like that head thing like it's not you don't see it as action a lot Mm. but I think it can inspire action um and I think the words without the action are probably not as powerful. I think if you speak about these things, you also have to live that out yeah. through your life. So it's it's about being art as well as creating the art, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, like beautiful. It's about you being that representative in your society, in your family, in your community, in your house, where you sit. And I think that's probably combined with art <laughs> – the biggest thing because that's what makes people feel something or makes people think about how they've previously thought about stuff in a new way hey i hope you're enjoying this interview we're going to get back into it in just a tick but i wanted to take a moment to invite you to be a part of the process of creating this work podcasts are free to listen to but they aren't free to create i would love to keep interviewing interesting humans and writing poems about them but i could use your help to make it happen If you're digging the Poetic Beings podcast, I want to invite you to consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash willsmall. For as little as $1 a month, you'll receive exclusive unpublished poetry written by me sent straight to your inbox. At higher levels of giving, uh, rewards include things like contributing interview questions or having my next book posted to you with a handwritten note or even getting your own poem written by yours truly. I so appreciate your support. If you want to check out my other creative work, you can go to willsmall.com.au or I run a small creative business called Lead by Story, helping people to nail their message and make every word count. If that's of interest, you can head to leadbystory.com.au. I was obviously being the devil's advocate. (laughs) I completely agree with you. I think that, um, and that's why I get excited Mm. when I hear somebody like you share you know your poetry has real power Mm. um because it comes from a place of integrity and authenticity Mm. and you're not um and it's true of all art right like when you're just trying to make art to get youtube hits yeah or to make money or (laughs) you know like trying to just sell the most popular product in terms of a a song or a kind of a radio hit Mm. that's very different to somebody kind of having to make the art because yes. it's bubbled to the surface <laughs> out of the real yeah. you know fire with yeah. the frustrations things shouldn't be like this yeah. I, ha- I have to speak up I have yeah. to say something about it how do you see that panning out in the future like do you have a you know snapshots or ideas or dreams about you know where you want to take those things it's a hard one too because I'm just turning t- like 21. Um, it's all <laughs> classically a bit <laughs> foggy in the distance. But um, since I was a kid, I always wanted to be an author. Um, and I still think that is probably one of my dreams um, 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be one of the first to buy that, that book for sure. Thank you. But, um, yeah, I think I've been learning that it's not necessarily about, you know, those dreams because sometimes an unexpected dream can kind of come out of nowhere and you're like, wow, that's exactly what I wanted to do, but I never yeah. saw that, which was actually a lot about the poetry thing for me because yeah. I traditionally kind of wrote poetry as an expression. But um, when I saw like the mad opening, um, I was like, oh, I might try that. But through that, like a lot of doors have kind of opened and I've kind of gone, wow, this is actually a really awesome thing. I never would have like thought this is how, you know, my life would have gone from there to here. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm probably excited for more things like that. Just... That's cool. Yeah. I, I kind of have this recurring joke mm-hmm. when I go and speak to young people in schools and do kind of poetry workshops and things like that. Yeah. I always say, you know, like um, I, I, when I was sitting where you are, if I had this version of me had come back and said, yeah. hey, you're eight, Will, you're going to grow up and become a poet, yeah. I would have been outraged. Flipping table. <laughs> and then I kind of talk about how it just sort of happened accidentally. Yeah. You know, so we, yeah. can, we can kind of have our, our dreams. But like you said, unexpected mm. ones can come. And now I'm like, man, it's the best. Like, yeah. I, I love it. Um, That's cool. But it's funny how things change. Mm. Um Although it's funny as well because then you look back and you're like, no, actually it, it makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to be yeah. a rapper. Yeah. I wanted to be the greatest rapper in the world. <laughs> and there was the seeds in that of yeah. the kind of way I would use my voice even though I had it just – it needed a little bit of tweaking and yeah. fine-tuning and, you know, less try-hard American kid mm. that I wasn't actually, <laughs> you know, but putting on the accent and everything. Um. So in some ways, actually, like there are probably things that you're doing now mm. that are the seeds yeah. of what you'll be doing well into the future. Yeah, I think so. And so I, I guess what are the things that you spend your time on in just a given week right now? And then like <laughs> kind of give us some clues. But yeah. yeah. What does your normal week look like for you? Um, so kind of been, I'm at uni. So um, I'm studying Bachelor of Arts at Newcastle Uni. So a lot of my uni work is kind of like writing stories or I'm doing um, like a creative and performing arts course amongst that. So it's a lot of (laughs) very classic creative (laughs) type. Um, Yeah, that kind of stuff at the moment for uni. But beyond that, um, I'm tutoring in schools, as I kind of mentioned before, like um, going to my old school and just teaching kids that need help in English from like grade seven to grade 12 um, and just kind of helping them with that, um, my love of English again. But um, yeah, I also go in and do kind of like Bible studies with kids and do kind of, I'm not necessarily a chaplain, but I've been doing kind of like those chaplaincy type roles in my free time mm-hmm. as well, which I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what my week looks like. And then on, yeah, Saturday I go to church and, yeah, that's my typical week. Yeah. Yeah. You have a, you have a, a quiet, profound spirituality mm, that permeates you. your life yeah. in a gentle way. And I, I even now, like I, you're sort of speaking about it in kind of a, a reserved yeah. manner. 
but I think it's actually evident mm. in everything you do, mm. Thank which you. I think is a, a very attractive faith. Mm. Um, what is one thing in your 21-ish <laughs> years so yeah. far that you're really proud of, that you look back on and you oh. go, yeah, I'm really glad that I was able to be a part of that or yeah. you know, that, yeah. I think I would say like <laughs> not being a sucker, but I would say like my time at um, with the street poets was probably something that I look back on really recently and go, I'm really proud of that. Yeah, I'm proud that we could kind of come together as like a team of poets and create things together as like Central Coast artists. Um, I'm proud of some of like the poems I was pushed to create in that time. Um, I work well with the deadline. So, um, yeah, some of the kind of like the works that came out of that and as well as just creating a really cool team that could maybe encourage other people to do poetry as well, probably. Yeah, getting published in our Street Poets book. That was pretty cool. I like putting that on my resume. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. So, yeah. But I know there's going to be awesome stuff ahead as well, so I'm keen for that. Absolutely. Just the beginning. Just the beginning. Um, on the flip side of that, that's something you're really proud of, saying mm-hmm. there's a bit of a high. Um, is there anything really difficult that you've been through that you feel like has really shaped you? Because mm. those things are the teachers, mm. right, the suffering or the the um, rejections, the frustrations, yeah. um, are there things that stand out that you feel like that sucked but it's made me who I am? Yeah. I think there's like a couple of things that, yeah, and I agree, like I'm kind of a person that will push down <laughs> emotions. So I don't really feel them at the time but um, I think there's two things. Probably the first one, like as I said before, travelling a lot meant that um, you kind of become really all right in your own skin. So despite like difficulties of maybe having to fit in in some place that, you know, you don't necessarily belong, there's kind of that feeling of like, well, I'm all right with that. Right. <laughs> like I'm all right with who I am. And I think some people it takes them a long time to feel that, mm-hmm. and to kind of be all right with being like alone, mm-hmm. whereas I'm – quite content (laughs) doing that um because of those kind of experiences when you move around you can't really like have solid relationships in that time Mm. Um, so you're not you know you don't have the luxury of being as attached yeah to certain things yeah which makes you a bit more free in, Mm. in a certain way yeah and i think yeah that that was probably something but on the flip side, like I'm really, really close to my family because we've all moved around together. So we're kind of our own awesome family unit, um, which is awesome. Not many people can say that as well. Um, but the other thing was kind of recently my um, uncle passed away um, last year. Um, he had cancer and so he kind of he moved in with our family and we were just looking after him and his partner as well. And, um, yeah. And then we thought he was going to get better and he didn't. And, um, yeah. So he passed away last year, which was really hard, but again, I'm the type of person to like push down feelings. So at the time it was kind of like, put your head down and, um, keep moving. But I think like with anyone, when you lose someone that, you know, was part of your family, there's kind of that 
thing. It makes you think about, you know, where are they now and mm. what are they doing or, yeah, it makes you ask kind of those bigger questions. Mm. Um, yeah, that was probably difficult as well. Yeah, sorry to hear that. Yeah, and thank you for sharing yeah. and, and being, you know, acknowledging that you're someone mm. who kind of generally probably likes to just yeah <laughs> leave that stuff to the side, yeah. being willing to speak about it on a microphone, <laughs> brave. <laughs> um, what are some of the parts of your story? I mean, in some ways I think you've already shared, like moving from Gosford to Israel, <laughs> most people probably don't expect that when yeah. they meet you, but yeah. if someone was to meet you and get to know you a little bit, mm. feel like they have some idea of who Olivia is, mm-hmm. what would be something that they would be surprised to hear about who you are, the yeah. part of your story? Um, yeah, I think that question, it makes me think of kind of like my family's history, where we've come from. Um, so my mum, she actually left. She's from the Czech Republic um, in Europe, so she actually fled the Czech Republic when she was about 12 with her family and came to Australia kind of as like, I guess, political seeking political asylum um, because the Czech Republic was under communist control. Mm. Um, And I think that is something that maybe people would be surprised about when, like, I'm actually half Czech, half Australian. Um, But I think maybe people might be surprised to hear that. Um, And sometimes even I forget, like, because I've been to the Czech Republic, but... um, Sometimes I often, you know, feel like because I live here, it's like that Australian side is stronger than like the Czech side. Um, But that's kind of, I think, what gives me a heart for people that are trying to come to this country Mm. seeking asylum because I understand that it's actually, you know, it's a bigger, more complex issue than some people would like it to be. And just thinking about that if my mum didn't come to this country with her family, like, I wouldn't be here. Um, That's crazy, isn't it? Because people don't think about that issue probably in an intergenerational way very often. Mm, Yeah. But, um, you know, when someone comes and and seeks refuge and seeks asylum, Mm. um, it can change the trajectory of their children and their children's children and Mm. their children's 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 lives. And you're a product of that. And mm. no one, no one would have any issue with yeah. you being yeah. born in Gosford, yeah. <laughs> 100% Australian. Yeah. But it was kind of the, the open welcome mm. to your mother. Yeah. That actually is the part of that story that made your story able to exist. Mm, exactly. That's crazy. Wow. Um, final question, Olivia. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, I, I might actually ask you a couple other questions. Fi- <laughs> final question that's written on my, okay, cool. <laughs> on my page. What, awesome. What's something that so far in your life has kind of been a key lesson that mm. you've learnt that you would want to share with other people? Mm. I feel like that's a hard one for me because I'm always like, oh, this is awesome. Everyone should know this lesson. Um, lately for me it's been – I've really been feeling like the idea of like listening – um, the like Hebrew word for listen is shama, which is like to listen, but to also like have action and act on what you know. Wow. Um, and so I've kind of been thinking about that in terms of life. Like, are you truly listening to like the people in your life? 
to yourself maybe even like the signs you kind of let off like am I happy in this space or like what do I truly want to do like your question before what am I truly passionate about um so for others like are you listening to them but also like are you listening to yourself um wow yeah that's that's a bit of a mind-blown moment (laughs) and that active listening that you're not just listening but you're because I feel like we're we are good at ignoring mm. what our body, our minds, our hearts yeah. are telling us. Mm. We're good at continuing to run on the hamster wheel. And yeah, just keep going. Run away from our pain and yeah. run towards distractions. Mm. Um, but if we stop and pause and listen, mm. we might actually hear some things that would make us want to change yeah. and act in a different way. Exactly. I've certainly felt that, you know, moments where I have been squashing things down yeah and then i let them rise to the surface (laughs) and then i'm like something's got to change yeah so that's awesome thank you for sharing that Liv. well now going off the script (laughs) cool um i'm going to write a poem about you yeah and you're the first person i've interviewed in this project my little storytelling (laughs) poetry of humans project yeah you're the first one i've interviewed that is also a writer (laughs) and a poet in particular So I'd love to get some help from you. Oh, cool. And I wonder if you were writing a poem about Olivia. Let's just get in the third person. (laughs) And you had to describe Olivia using a metaphor. Okay. What would be the first first one that comes to mind? Olivia is a... You're just like throwing that at me, Will. (laughs) (laughs) How would I describe myself? We can go through some categories if you want. Okay, yeah. What kind, what kind of animal is Olivia? Just go with your gut. I feel like I'm a bit of a turtle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so like I'm a bit of an introvert. So I like to kind of like go again to places where I'm like comfortable being alone. But then I also like to like come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if Olivia was a landscape, what kind of landscape would she be? Off the top of my head, I thought of like kind of when you go out into the bush and you see those kind of like really tall cliffs. I don't necessarily know why, but that was like the first thing uh-huh. came to my mind, like the orangey kind of red yeah. stone. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to explain it. <laughs> cool. Don't explain the, the metaphor, the awesome. poem. All right. If Olivia was a time of day, what time of day would she be? She'd probably be like... The afternoon going into the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever asked anybody this question before. <laughs> but if Olivia was a poetic device, <laughs> so if she was rhyme, cool. if she was metaphor, yeah. if she was alliteration, yeah. what would she be? Hmm. I kind of actually use a lot, this is why I'm thinking this, but like, those kind of like fragmented sentences that kind of have like images in them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if like a fragmented sentence is. <laughs> Do you have an example <laughs> that springs to mind from one of your yeah writing? I was writing a story um, for uni and I actually didn't know what the device was. And <laughs> the uni teacher was like, you use fragmented sentences a lot. And I was like, ah, oh, cool. Um, but it was kind of like instead of introducing the story, I just kind of st- went straight into fingers brushing against um the side panels of bentley's and chrysler's 
Yeah, that was the yeah. line. So it was just kind of like it's um, immersing you straight into the story without necessarily telling you why you care about it. It's <laughs> just oh, like plunging you in there. I love that. That's why you're a poet. Oh, like that is <laughs> economy of language mm-hmm. is what poetry is about. You know, like every word has to be there because it's yeah. doing something powerful. Yeah. And all the words that aren't there actually help mm. raise the questions. Yeah. Like in the sentence you just said, the words are powerful, but all the words that are missing yeah. are what make me feel like I'm like immediately in asking questions, mm. wanting to know more, yeah. intrigued. So cool. Awesome. Olivia is a fragmented sentence. <laughs> So cool. Well, thank you so much for letting me interview you. There has been an annoying fly buzzing around (laughs) this whole time. Hopefully it doesn't get picked up in the recording too much. (laughs) Has its own mic time. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm pumped to write a poem about you, Liv. Mm, Thank you, Will. um, Is there anywhere that you kind of have your writing at the moment that people could go and check it out? No, sadly. Watch Um, this space. Yeah, exactly. Watch this space. Maybe by the time it's up, I'll have a... Instagram poetry page or something like that. Olivia. Sometimes she is a fragmented sentence. Imagery packed tight, like orange-red cliff face. Late afternoon sun carries stories like the one when she was just one year young. From Gosford to Israel, her path was spun out across the globe. But even still, this birthplace is home in its ordinary beauty. Hot summers by the pool or at Nan and Pop's place. She has a tight-knit family and a quiet faith, woven through her life in a gentle way. You would not guess that she, calm as dusk light, is a product of brave ones who fled through dark nights, travelled oceans to find refuge. Maybe this is why she will never be blind to things in the world that aren't quite right. She is home in her skin, all right, just how she is, but she carries under that skin a fire within, lit by the stories of injustice her pen could rewrite, becoming the author she's seen all her life. Following the trail of the ink she will spill, not just across pages, but across patterns, divides, lives, scribbling truth over overly familiar lies. She is listening. Her ear is pressed up close to the beat of her life, to the questions that keep her awake at night, to the possibilities her voice could ignite. She listens. But she does not just listen and forget. She listens closely to the depths she must explore in order to become who she is each day a little bit more.